Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're, You're listening, listening to, to the Podmania, Podmania Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast, Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania podcast. I'm your host, Rob Goodin, and I'm joined by Chris O'Brien and Garth. We are getting in to the issues today, ladies and gentlemen. No lists, no reviews, just opinions. So let's start with an interesting topic. Chris, what is your beef with Noel Gallagher's new song? I don't have any beef with it. I think it's fine, but the fact that Garth comes along and goes, it's his best one since 2002. <laughs> Fuck off, Garth. <laughs> hey, but look. Listen. I'm- to his first, album. Heel? his first album is a masterpiece. <laughs> Second album, not quite a masterpiece. So it's some fucking pop from there. Riverman, great song. You know we can't go back. A little bit of to see. A fucking classic. Third album, a bit weird. A little bit weird. But you know what? Some people can take that, Garth. Apparently not you. Been around for music for years, but apparently can't take it. Jesus Christ, Garth. And you think, it's a bit of a boring song. That's the thing. And Garth is like, oh, it's the best one. Fuck off, Garth. But it's Christmas. <laughs> It is Christmas. It, how's Christmas bells in it? And how's a good what's video? Your, what's your everyone's favourite Christmas song? Before we get going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing at him before the podcast came on for drinking peppermint tea. Now I bet he just snuck that in so we could try and look cool. Do you know what though? We're not hundred percent sure whether that is a bottle opening or a pellet falling out of his shotgun. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, put yourself with a shotgun. That's real. That's real. That's not really ergonomic, is it? No, not really. Not not in the slightest. Like, I find a lot, so I can like, somewhat speak to this. If you're going to give yourself a gun, the really bad way to do it. As a disclaimer I, for everybody listening, this is going to be an absolute shit show. <laughs> Basically, ladies and gentlemen, um, we were supposed to record on Friday night, but Rob got drunk, so we couldn't record on Friday um, because <laughs> I kept so drunk. To himself into third person. <laughs> Basically, I kept pushing the recording date backwards and backwards and backwards until it turned into about two in the morning. I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it, guys. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, so rather than come up with a list or any sort of structure to what we're going to do to this podcast, we just got a general discussion and uh, we've got some interesting topics and i'm sure we're going to have some interesting takes i simply cannot wait to just drop the jim Cornette name and watch chris and garth go at it like hungry jackals um that's what half of what the group chat is nowadays (laughs) it is it's garth and chris arguing about jim Cornette and me just sitting back with 48 notifications going oh i need to mute this chat (laughs) (laughs) Um, but first of all Boys and girls, we have a new face in the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> now, this was uh, was given to us by Fox WWE Twitter page, which is an absolute minefield of gold. It is absolutely brilliant. But they said that Bray Wyatt would be introducing a new face 
to the Firefly Funhouse, so everybody, of course, on the internet went, it's definitely Liv Morgan. So we <laughs> tuned in to be completely rickrolled in the fact that Bray Wyatt has just come up with a title belt with his own face on it. Now, I'm all for personalised championships. I'm all for custom championships. I'm all for the one that Bray Wyatt had when he wasn't champion. Now, first of all, before I ask your opinion, have you seen the price that they are currently selling the replica belts for? Isn't it? Isn't it one thousand six hundred and fifty dollars? Okay, uh, Garth. What do you think? Six it is? and a half grand. Six thousand four hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Do you know why? It's the real. It's been reason. made by like, Tom Savini, horror legend. Who? Yeah. Could... Tom Savini. He's like um like a Hollywood monster maker. Okay. What's he done? <clears throat> um, Bray Wyatt's mask. <laughs> when I he did like um, stuff on the thing, he did stuff on um, what the fuck do you call it? Um, Dusk till dawn, all that sort of stuff, like monster makeup and stuff. Uh, but I've probably seen any of his work. Oh, he's great. I love it. Um, Would you pay seven like... grand for it though, Garth? Nah. But they are the reason it is is because they're all handmade by him and numbered and signed. They're I'm only made like a limited edition. I'm going to wait for the fifty dollar one from WWE Shop. <laughs> and I'm going to wait for the twenty quid one that's just like foam and plastic. <laughs> I really hope they're selling them at UK Takeover. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so like six. Do you have any idea how many bubble teas you can get for six grand? I'm a student. Six grand is about as much as I make in a year right now. You're a student. You make money. Yeah, well, yeah, because up here, um, student loans. You're not. You're not um, obligated to pay them back. Right. <laughs> Fuck me, <laughs> So angry at me. Anyway. Shut up. What's your opinions? Anyway, opinion on the belt is why I was going with this. Garth, let's start with you because I'm annoyed with Chris. <laughs> I, like, I like it. It's to be fair, it's it's quite simple. It's basically his face stretched across it in a sort of sort of gross way with what is it, hurt and heel written all over it. Yeah, and then let him in. I think across the strap as yeah. well. I think it's is it supposed to be. Made it look like he's just knocked it up himself. I, d- I don't really know. I think it's just, to be honest, when I first saw it, I hated it. I just, I thought it looked cheap. I thought it looked shit. But when you actually see it all stretched out and actually in its full glory, it actually looks pretty cool. You can see all the stitching and everything like that. It's sort of in the shape of the North American tile from NXT. Um, yeah, I suppose in, in a sh- way. Not- not well, in I think, I think like it's it supposed like, to look. It's, like it's not face supposed face. to look like it's like it's been stretched over the tile. Yeah, like um, have you guys ever read um, the Batman story, Killing the Family? Yeah, where he mm-hmm. cuts that guy's face off and wears it. No, oh, sorry, he cuts off his own face and gives it to the doll maker. No, he cuts cuts it off his own face and wears it. Well, he cut he cuts off his own face in Detective Comics number one, 
and then kind of um, stole it back because the police kept it as evidence. Because nice. <laughs> Bants, apparently. Yeah, Bants. <laughs> um, Chris, what do you think of the belt? I think... I, it's, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's, it's a really good custom belt, but also we just did the custom belt thing with Dino Bryan. We did, but I like the idea that we're going wholeheartedly into the whole Bray Wyatt is a split personality thing. So Bray Wyatt has got a belt and the Fiend has got a belt. I quite, I quite like that idea. And I quite like the idea yeah. that it is completely different to anything we've seen. We haven't got that stupid fucking W on it. So, yeah, I, I didn't like it. I'm not too fussed about it now. Honestly, I think you mostly like it because Bray Wyatt's like your boyfriend or something. So. <laughs> well... I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because yes, I love the man. I want to have his weird fiend babies. However, <laughs> something I'm not I'm a fucking I'm fan of is the... You birth. I'm just imagining you now giving birth to him. It's like, oh, good news. <laughs> it's a boy. Bad news. You've blown your fucking cock off. <laughs> One thing I'm not a fan of, of Bray Wyatt, is the idea that is being currently a apparently bandied about by WWE Creative. Now, recently, um, we did a review, ladies and gentlemen, of WWF SummerSlam 1994. And Chris, what was the main event of that? It was... An, oh, fuck, are we doing Bray Wyatt versus Bray Wyatt? Apparently, one of the ideas being bandied about, not at Mania... Apparently, Mania is already <clears throat> sorted. They've apparently, they've apparently already got the match for Bray. But apparently, something they're looking at doing is Bray Wyatt versus Bray Wyatt. Because WWE can't let us have nice things, guys. WWE can't let us have things that we enjoy or repeatedly watch on YouTube. No, no, no. They've got to stick their stupid fucking fingers in it and mess with it. So, yes, we could apparently be getting the absolute shit shit. We didn't want Undertaker versus Undertaker. But instead, on top of that, we also had Kane versus Kane, which was, you know, a 10-star Podmania classic. And then we <laughs> followed it up with Bray versus Bray. I'd like your general opinions on that absolute fucking shower of liquid dog shit. I, um, who the I, fuck are they going to get to play The Fiend? I have a rather vulgar analogy for this. Go on. See Okay, so the fiend is a fingering. You're enjoying yourself, so and progressively they've um, been put more in, and you think you're fine, you think you're full, but then the dude's a cunt and just starts fisting you. That's basically what WWE is. WWE is a fist that ruins your cunt. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I first started this podcast and I put my pod put the podcast on the hosting site, I had to check a box as to whether this podcast has explicit language in it. I put yes, thinking, oh, I'll probably drop the old the old F-bomb or anything like that. I never thought I'd have to hear the word fisting the cunt on my own podcast. <laughs> Quite so regularly as well. <laughs> it's every episode. <laughs> oh, I like, not, like if, when we do this weekly, you just sort of get accustomed to me, but now that it's been like 10 days since the last recorded with Rob, he just doesn't know how to take me at this point. <laughs> it's like I'm desensitised to him while I'm, while I'm podcasting with him. Then if I have any sort of time off, I'm like, fucking hell, I forgot just how Scottish he was. <laughs> this is... 
this is like um people must tune in for this shit. <laughs> Chris's fucking analogies. It's like this is the reason why people must tune in and listen to Jim Cornette. <laughs> Except I'm not a massive cunt gap. Well I am, <laughs> but I'm not racist and I'm not sexist. Right. Well, this seems like an interesting segue. Um, before before we do segue, I don't know who they're going to get to play Bray Wyatt or The Fiend. Is it going to be Husky Harris? Interesting. Hey. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. Like, I think he, he went down to... You shit. I think he went down to Mexico <laughs> to work with the orphans of El Generico. He could have done. He could have done. He could have done. Um, so, Jim Cornette then, guys. Now, Chris... Wait. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so basically, Jim Cornette was, and I use was, the colour guy uh, for the new NWA show Power, which I think we've all watched at least one episode of. I've watched yep. about the run so far. Really enjoyed it, but I've also not had the time to keep to watch all the rest when I want it. So. No, no, I'm exactly the same. Enjoyed the bits that I've watched. I haven't been able to watch it all. Garth, it seems right up your alley because Same. it's old. The prompts yeah. have been... Like, <laughs> Nick Aldis has been great. Like, his promos are just unbelievable. Well, not unbelievable, but, like, they're very believable, but just really good. Yeah, I mean, their pay-per-view actually is in... It's two weeks today, I believe, Into the Fire, isn't it? The 15th? I, I will be pirating the fuck out of that. <laughs> You probably wouldn't need to. They'll probably put it on YouTube. <laughs> probably. Um, the main event, apparently, that is Aldis versus James Storm, which I'd be fully into that. Because the, the build for that's been excellent. Yeah. Because, I... like, <clears throat> they've actually kept them apart all the, all this time. Just well, they didn't be able to size those tag matches, but, you know, that's just how you do it. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I don't think I'm out of line by saying that they are the two biggest stars in the NWA at the moment. Yeah, um, not my two favourite though. I really hope we do something good with Eddie Kingston. Well, there's Eddie Kingston, there's Eli Drake, even Caleb Conley's decent. Tim Storm? Murdoch. I was surprised yeah. though, alright. <laughs> Speaking of Murdoch, um, we talked <laughs> about Jim Cornette a couple of minutes ago. He has recently resigned from his post as colour commentator on the NWA show Power um, for unfavourable remarks toward friend of the show Trevor Murdoch um, in his match with Nick Aldis. Now, (laughs) what he said was in relation to chicken, a bike, and Ethiopia. I'm not going to repeat the entire quote because (laughs) I like the podcast and I don't want it to be taken down. Uh, well, actually, I've said that, and then immediately in my head, I've just gone, yeah, but Chris has just said about fisting in the cunt, so I think we're probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been cancelled by now. Yeah, that is true. Um, we got, we got close. Say again? We got closer than Manchester. We did get close. It's all right, that got cut out. Nobody knows about that. <laughs> yeah, you d- and you've just sort of given away what the issue comes. No, he hasn't. <laughs> Stop calling people cunts. Could have been anything. Could have been not Manchester United. Who are doing yeah, terribly, by the way. I know, all the, I know all the footballs. You know, normally when 22 men chase after balls, um, it's considered quite feminine. But as soon as I'm, I point that out, suddenly I'm the gay one. Uh, anyway, go on. Garth, opinion on Cornette. Go. Well, everybody knows I, I like Cornette. I don't agree with everything he says. 
obviously. But I think you have to t- not not take everything he says with a pinch of salt because no, because it comes out of his mouth. But I think he says a lot of stuff without fucking engaging his brain. Uh, this is, I mean, I listened to his podcast after this and he, he brought it up. It was the main sort of part of his thing. And I think he said it's a joke that he's used a number of times in the past and it's never been picked up. This time it got picked up because he's used it and the the world is a different place, basically. Um, which, I mean, what he said was fucking stupid. And the, the jokes about Ethiopians, it was a thing in the past. Uh, people used to joke like people like Eddie Murphy all those people have done it in the past but most people have left that shit behind because it's not fucking funny anymore he doesn't seem to have but I say that all the fucking people coming out of the woodwork condemning him like fucking he should be sacked he should never work again all this bullshit it's like yeah I bet you laughed at fucking Starving Marvin on South Park and I bet they did and I bet they still laugh at all the fucking unsavory jokes on Family Guy and all that shit so there's a massive fucking hypocrisy on the internet at the moment of people witch hunts. That's what it is. Everybody jumps on Cornet now for anything he fucking says because he's prime target and he sets himself up for this stupid shit because he's a bit of an idiot. But, yeah, jumped before he got pushed, I, I guess. And I agree, yeah, he shouldn't be fucking on TV if he's doing that, but that said, I do still think he has stuff to offer when, if it comes to creative or just where he's not mild enough on telly. But, yeah, I think he got his just dessert, but I think people do still go overboard with him. He's a, he's a almost 70-year-old Southern American man who probably holds the same values as quite a lot of those people, but he just seems like he has a public platform that gets out there and it some of it is quite offensive. But, yeah, he got what he deserved, but I still do think people are a little bit shit-hot to jump on all the bad stuff he does, but doesn't ever highlight the good stuff he's done. So, yeah, he gets what he deserves, like I say, but uh, I still I still like to jump on it. Counterpoint I don't think I don't, I, I, I don't think he means... I don't think he is inherently trying to be horrible to people and I don't think he means to be horrible. That's just an analogy that popped into his brain and he said it. When it comes to this remark, this is it's a sack of bull offence but on its own it's not a reason to never work in the business again. However, Jim Cornette's fucking history is good reason for him not to be working in the history again. The man has physically assaulted wrestlers. The man has alienated basically every company he has ever worked with. And like, I don't and you say he doesn't um, do this on purpose, but he does it with such regularity and with like with such hyperbole that if he's not being hyperbolic, it just means he's mentally nourished. Jesus Christ! Like um, Carl, implying that Justin Roberts is a paedophile because he don't like AEW is a fucking suable offence. That's a libel offence, and he gets away with it because ooh, it's kooky old Jim Cornette. I disagree with you, Gareth. I think people have given Jim Cornette a lot of leeway, and it's just recently it snapped where it's like, oh yeah, he's just a bitter fucking cunt. Who does, he like, literally, there's a reason he can't hold down um, a job in the industry. And honestly, if this was two years ago, three years ago, I'd be inclined to agree with you if he has something to offer. But like, 
he's been in like every conceivable role in the past few years and none of them have worked out. Booker in Ring of Honor didn't work out. He alienated all the talent. Um, he was the owner of, no, not the owner, but like he was the main guy in OVW and got fired for fucking sucking a wrestling and apparently um, threatened Brock Lesnar with a gun. Um, fucking, this is a very recent example of that, but also with Impact, he couldn't travel around with Impact because of assault charges and he just starts fights where there needn't be fights. Like he keeps trying to start fights with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks because he knows that's where the money is. Like, that's, trying... Yeah, that, that's all the publicity thing, wasn't it? No, but that's the thing. He, 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 saying shitty things for publicity is not a, that's, that's not a good thing. And the fact, I don't like the fact that he gets attention. Honestly, I don't like the fact that we're talking about him. I would rather he just sort of disappear into the background. I understand the need for old school voices. And because Gas right, sometimes on his podcast, between the profanities, he brings up legitimate points. And honestly, I used to be able to see past that. Like, especially when it comes to like, because um, I have listened to some of his AW stuff partly on the um, recommendation of Gaff. And some of it's just so petty, like um, the Rio versus um, Shida match from um, All Out. He was like, well, why would I want to watch um, little girls and um, little school girls fighting? I'm like, have you seen fucking Shida? Like, have you seen her? She does not look young. To be fair, he's on one of the recent ones he did say she was the best of the lot. I think the whole thing with him is it's real, and I kind of get it, because when I watch it, I'm a little bit... Rio, is, is... Though, Rio does look very young. We'll get onto this in a, in a topic we do in later. Yeah, but I was just think it's 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 kind of really stretching the disbelief at this point. And I think that's what... The thing is with him is he doesn't know how to convey it that way. The thing, the thing is, he shits on comedy wrestling. He was a comedy wrestler. Did you see that he um, blocked Brian Zane? Oh, that was fucking... Because um, literally what happened, um, people were attacking Brian Zane all weekend for his opinion on wrestling, and it was like, Cornette people. Um, he didn't. He never directly engaged with Cornette once in this whole thing. He then put up an analogy of um, imagine going to the circus and being pissed off when the clowns turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jim Cornette was like, oh, interesting take, and then blocked him. And it's sort of like, you're that pet, like, that's the problem with Jim Cornette. He's literally not receptive to other opinions. He literally just saw a different opinion on Twitter and decided to block, a, like, a public associate, like, someone he's publicly associated with. It's odd because him and um, Thingy were apparently friendly as well, quite friendly. They were friendly. Like, they did, um, Cornette did an interview with. Zane, he's made cameos. There's a running joke on, ref- on the Wrestling with Regret show that um, Jim Cornette was Brian Zane's dad. See, this is why a lot of it, I just think, have they not, surely, the, the, they would have spoke about this? If but, they're friendly and they know each other, have each other's numbers. And shit like Arnett has gotten a lot worse about it. He, like, he used to be like a lot softer on it. Like, the only thing he'd really, really complain about is Kenny Omega because of a beef from 20 years ago. Like, I saw Dave Meltzer put up that Jim Cornette is a really great wrestling mind who has feud, who has started feuds with the wrong people. But he fucking instigates it. Like, Jim, every bad thing that's happened to Jim Cornette, basically, has been brought on by Jim Cornette. This is what makes us think that his Twitter stuff is so much a fucking... It, it's him working the way he thinks... It, like controversy everything just, he says has to be controversial you never see him say something like that was a great match I, but that's thing. he does praise matches and, and I can talk about that in a second but like 
that doesn't make it right. Just because you think yeah. it's going to get you... Like, um, if a YouTuber was doing the same shit um, Jim Cornette was, we'd be all the fuck over him, but we're more forgiving to him because of his past in the wrestling business. But again, his past in the wrestling business is why he shouldn't um, have a future in this business. Like, I, I, I admire him as, a, and as, as an historian. I actually do enjoy hearing him talk about old school wrestling the way wrestling used to be because it's a novelty. But I also don't want wrestling to be the way it used to be. I don't want people being threatened with getting stabbed. I don't when want he's... the off business dealings. I don't want I don't want like everyone just to be working towards wrestles, which is what he wants. I'm like, it's fine, that's what he wants. Wrestling is very broad now. There will be a place that caters to that. NWA was a place that caters to that. <laughs> あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そうですね。あ、そ
who, like Gar says, crawl out of the woodwork, are the same people that watch the exact same thing on Family Guy, on South Park, go and see comedians doing shit like this on the on a regular basis, but then call out Jim Cornette on it because they don't like Jim Cornette. I'm not saying Jim Cornette shouldn't be called out on what he says. There's absolutely not a chance that anyone in their right mind should be calling for anyone to hang themselves, for anyone to stab themselves, for anyone to die. There's, there's just no platform for that, especially not in professional wrestling, where there is such a horrible, you know, a horrible history of you know, suicide and mental health issues and all this. There shouldn't be an added spark on top of that. But if you are one of those people who gets on at Jim Cornette for the things he says, then goes and watches South Park and Family Guy and things like that, then have you oh. real people in glass houses, you know? Well, well, I'll say the Family Guy comparison is a lot more apt than the South Park comparison. The South Park comparison, at least jokes a lot of times, have like a political point. Whether or not you feel they land is a very different matter, whereas Family Guy is sort of shock humor for the sake of shock humor. Like, I defend on the South Park front, not necessarily the Family Guy front. Like, Family Guy is just an awful... Show. I love the fact that that is the only issue you had with my argument. Um, I mean, but I agree. I agree with both of you. I think we can all agree that Jim Cornette resigned and probably was Twitter. going to be fired for a horrendous comment that he absolutely should not have made. But the, yeah, the the thing I've noticed as well is, especially in some of the groups that I'm in, it's the same fucking people who post the Jim Cornette stuff every time, and I'm just thinking, why don't you just fucking block no. him? Cause don't that, see it. Because that's the thing. I only ever hear about Jim Cornette shit when people in like the same groups as me and Garth are in post them. And I'm huh? sort of like, can we just ignore him, please? I, like, I, I follow him on Twitter and I don't even see that shit. No, I follow him on Twitter and so, the only time I ever see him is when people retweet it. Uh-huh. No, exactly. Same here. Like, I only ever it's see it. I fucking ignore him. I really wish people would ignore him because then I'd have to stop see- I'd be able to stop seeing him. The sad thing you- is. The sad thing is, is that Jim Cornette, and I know this is going to be a controversy, Jim Cornette isn't relevant anymore. He hasn't been relevant for years. Mm. And I yeah, think I that lack of like... relevance bugs Jim Cornette. And that's why yeah. he started the feud with, you know, everyone on Twitter. And the more retweets he gets, the more mentions he gets, the more comments he gets, he feels like he has a relevance. And I'm not <laughs> saying that he hasn't got a place in wrestling. I'm not saying that he isn't an absolutely outstanding wrestling mind. What I'm saying is he conducts himself like a cunt. There was, <laughs> hey, um, but the thing is, you might there is a place for like an old school way of thinking, but like you have to bring, like look at Paul Heyman, who was around the same time as Jim Connett. He evolves with the time, same with He's a trendsetter, though, isn't he? He's, he's always ahead of the curve. But so was Jim Cornette. Like, Jim Cornette was one of those people who really championed, like, Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid back in the 80s, and that's ended up being the style to define the modern indie style. And it's sort of Which like... Which is ironically what he hates. No, ironically, <laughs> that is what he hates. And it's sort of like, you look at a lot of those Tiger Mask matches, and it's like, all oh, the shit that you complain about, like, this flash of this sacred flash, that was a lot of the original Tiger Mask. Like, the original Tiger Mask didn't need to do half the shit he did. I, th- I think what Cornette means on a lot of it is there's too much of it that is very similar, and I do agree with that, and we'll get yeah. into that later. Yeah. But yeah. That... And once again, he makes legitimate points, but it's between points of him telling it's, people to, well, it's to, the way... to hang someone because they're not wearing a fucking suit and tie. It's the way that he tries to get it across that's the problem. It's yeah. not no, the, the point is, he's trying to make, it's the way. But like what he's, You're talking like it's not the content. It is still... 
the content because that's what people go to Cornet for. And like, he's inherently divisive because like, have you ever come across a Jim Cornet follower? They're the fucking worst. Like, it's them and Joshi fans, and I'm speaking as a fucking Joshi fans. They're the fucking worst. Do you love like, Joshi fans? Have you seen that one Joshi cunt in fucking um, Inside the Rope? Don't call him out. Don't call him out. Wait, listen. This might be where he comes for his um, Japanese shit. <laughs> True, no, yeah. His ice ribbon okay. matches. No, yeah, no, but I've, I'm fine with him recommending shit, but like people will be talking about something and it will recommend in a completely irrelevant match. Like um, people were talking about. Um, Moxley versus Omega, and then he comes along going, hey, you should watch Omega's DDT. Yeah. It's, much better. it's like, yeah, cool, that's fine, but also fucking just recommend it on a different thread. Stop fucking muscling in on other conversations. It's the equivalent of like if me and someone else were talking about music and then someone knocked in with a fucking demo tape for their fucking band. Fuck off. I kick them in the balls and walk away. Fuck <laughs> off. And on that note... Yeah. <laughs> I think we I think we've done Cornette to death. I think basically what we've it's all hot under the color. Yeah, I think what we've uh, we've narrowed it down to is he's a cunt with outdated views, but still has a good wrestling mind. That's basically where we've come yeah. down. I think. Moving on, last weekend we had two WWE pay per views. Uh, the first was NXT Takeover War Games 2019, and followed the next day by Survivor Series 2019. Survivor Series, of course, this year being the first year where NXT was sort of recognised as a third brand as opposed to a a developmental territory. Starting with War Games then, all three of us have watched War Games. Um, Chris, I'll start with you and then move on to Garth. What were your opinions of the show? Favourite moments? Things that could have improved? That kind of of thing. What takeovers are right now for me? Is you know how when the strokes released is this it and then nothing touched it ever again? Yes. That's kind of what takeovers are like for me right now. Uh, now like uh, New York was so fucking good. And then every other one since has sort of been fine. Like there may be a match of the year contender, but like compared to New York, which had literally five match of the year contenders at the time. It did spoil us somewhat because we had the Adam Cole Johnny Gargano match, we had the Pete Dunne Walter match. Um, it it did spoil us somewhat. Great, um, and then now we sort of like it's still a really, really, really enjoyable show. Like, don't get me wrong, it's just like I believe the lowest on there was a seven. That's spectacular. But what was your favourite yeah, match, Chris? You know what, I. I I feel like this is going a bit against what I rated it, but I had more fun watching the women's um, war games than I did the men's. Okay. Um, mostly because of the heel turn. Dakota Kai is one of my favourites. Um, so I'm like, oh good, she's finally getting a fucking storyline. Um, I was really sorry for Tegan Knox though. God, I love Tegan Knox. She's ace. She's so good. I'm like, she didn't get to perform, but also... This will lead to a lot, a wider storyline, which I'm completely fine with. All the women in the match had time to shine. I was so happy Katie Ray got a platform because she hasn't really like take over um, Cardiff. She didn't get a proper platform because that last match went less than ten minutes. So, like, she hasn't had a proper chance to show what she can do, and she's just so good. Like, not even like just in like how she works, but her heel work. 
like um, people were getting ready for this massive spot through chairs, and then before she climbs up, she just takes the chairs down. I love that. But I was just like, oh, that's just such, it, it's such a simple heel shit, but nobody does it. What you was your what least I mean? favorite match? I think it's unfair to say least favorite because it's still really good, but the done um, triple threat. Because quite frankly, Damien fucking Priest, fuck off. I'm going to offer Punch my opinions. I was just going to say, I'm going to offer my <laughs> opinions now before. I actually thought Damien Priest did well. Now, when we used to watch Ring of Honor, Punishment Martinez was never the greatest in the ring. In fact, he pretty much stunk up the place. Um, but in this match, you know, don't get me wrong, he was with Killian Dane, he was with Pete Dunne, who were both very, very good workers. But I thought he held his own. My main issue with that match was that it went hella long. Oh, it went way too fucking long, yeah. I mean, we had someone kick out of the bitter end, which doesn't happen. We had Killian Dane. I, I, I love Killian Dane. Why the fuck was he in that match? Oh, I can. Uh, no, I can no, 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 no. Not storyline wise. Storyline wise, I'm perfectly. Ag- I agree that that should have been a triple threat. But he did nothing. And in fact, for mm. the vast majority of the match, he was a non factor. It was Damien Priest and Pete Dunne. And I think all three of us can agree that. Can you remember, apart from one Ulster Plantation, can you remember one move really from Big Damo? Killing Dane, no. sorry. <laughs> no, for some reason in my head, he, I thought he did a coast to coast, but then I realised that's just what happened last summer for him in ICW. Fair play to Damien Priest, by the way, since we're talking about Damien Priest. Fair play for the completely out of fucking nowhere jumping over the post and onto the outside. <laughs> yeah, that was the Undertaker thing. That's yeah, it was and also, brilliant. And also him incorporating like the Marathuzi kicks, they kind of fit him quite well. So I think he should keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I, he's working with it. It's his first takeover match. Um, they didn't the, overuse him at Survivor Series, which I thought was a good shout. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought this takeover was really, really good. I think me, you, Garth, and Dave Meltzer, which is always good, <laughs> agreed on ratings as well. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. I thought Riddle and Balor was a really good match. Short, punchy, was exactly what we needed after that triple threat went long. Um, I thought the women's, um, the women's War Games match, I thought the men's War Games match was better, but I enjoyed the women's more. It was... Um, the, that that does that's kind of where I'm coming from. Whereas like the men's was more better back because there's more bodies. Like there was the two bodies taken out of. Yeah. Like the rope. And to be fair, the men's one didn't really make a star. Like Keith Lee was made a star this weekend, but was mostly due to the events of the next night. Rhea Ripley from War Games and Survivor Series. She's a fucking star now. She's, and to be fair, she's twenty three. She. she Oh, she's. I thought she was twenty. I thought she was my age. She's a year older than me. But um, 20, yeah, I look at real... twenty-three years old, and I she know, did that. And I think I'm a fucking failure because I'm not where she is right now. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I I agree. I did have a couple of issues, um, like Adam Cole spending four and a half years on the outside of the War Games match, Big Demo doing absolutely fuck all in that triple threat. Um, I really enjoyed Kaylee Ray. She was there primarily to take the big spots. I think she got hit by three big spots in the oh. match. No, that's... I was, when Mauro Manalo, 
um, when she said one of the complete disregard of her body. That's more her ICW thing when NXT UK. But then I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to take so many spots, isn't she? Because to be fair, Kaylee Ray is probably the safest worker in that match. Oh, God, yeah. I mean... But, but like, it's not even fact saying the other people are unsafe, but, like, you have Eve Shirai, who, like, will jump off of anything. And you have um, Bianca Belair, who's basically the ultimate warrior of the NXT women's division, and that she can't fucking work. And um, Rhea Ripley, who's like still she's still kind of green. Rhea, she's really good, but she's still kind of green. And Shayna, who is good, but she's not a fucking ring general. So not yet, but I think you said not. She's like thirty nine, isn't she? She's pushing forty. Yeah, I know, but. What you've got to realise, Chris, is she has been in the WWE for, what, two... She wasn't in there in 2017. She was start of 2018, was she, Shayna Baszler? No, it's 2017 Mayan Classic she came in, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so as a full-time NXT competitor, we're looking at the end of 2017, early. Very true. She has come on in leaps and bounds, but also... Hugely. We have this this discussion every takeover, and I'm sort of getting... Sick of ever like this takeover was sort of help because it wasn't like sort of like your standard Shayna match. Shayna definitely has a, has a Shayna match. Yeah, no, I, I I do agree with that, and that I think is what hindered the main event of Survivor Series. But I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Garth, what were your opinions of War Games, mate? I really enjoyed it. it what, like we've said, it's not it doesn't hit like the dizzy heights that the others have. But I think, like you say, it's just we've been spoiled by those so much that. It's not fair to judge us against them, but it was still like really enjoyed it, and it was another one of those ones where the time just seemed to fly by. Um, I sort of got to the main event. I was like, "Shit, we're almost done," sort of thing. So it was a really enjoyable. I think on the Shana front, I think we need to we need to get past that fact that everyone has to be a great worker. I don't think you have to be. She doesn't need to be a really good wrestler. I think she... we we've also had this. Um, discussion. I, I like the idea of a dominant champion who doesn't have a great match because it will be massive when she's been beat. But she's been beat, so that storyline has been spent. I just like how she can... She's more... Rather than be a great wrestler, she's a good sniper in the ring. She knows how to get how to beat people and how to do so with minimum sort of effort, really. I mean, obviously she... She was made to really work for it. Um, the war games, but normally she's quite sort of dominant after a while. But no, I think I really did enjoy the the women's war games. My favorite part was obviously the 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 quote unquote swerve. Um, no, we all saw that coming a mile off. Yeah, I think all that, three of us called that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was obvious, but I just thought the way they did it was excellent. Um, it, what like basically straight away. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like done in the match or anything. It was just straight away. replaced me in because me and was still doing like um, selfies from the back of Takeover. But that quite funny. Yeah. She put up. Um, she did like a was it Bone? I forget who, who did. It was Bonacano. The Bonacano makeup. Yeah, I and saw that. Right? And then someone went. Um, oh, it didn't work for Margaret Raleigh. Why do you think it worked for you? She's like, it's a tribute to Bonacano. You fucking crescent. <laughs> I am like, quite glad that Mia Yim wasn't in that match. And I know Mia Yim's great, and I know Chris is going to go, you ought to see some of these matches. And I know you're going to hmm. say that, Chris. But that match that she had with Shayna was dreadful. It was not I a good thought, match. 
not on Yimva. Like, but you say it's not Yim's fault, and I'm I'm not saying it's Yim's fault. I've seen one match. I'm saying she should share blame because to me that's Shayna's worst match as well. No, I'm going to say Shayna's first match of Ember was worse. I think that was different. I don't think that was worse. I think that was booking as opposed to working. They needed to find a way of keeping a championship on Ember without making Shayna look bad and I think they put themselves into a corner and that led to a shoddy match. I don't think that was either competitor's fault. Anyway, I don't know why they didn't just put it on Shayna. So my question now, Garth... I was, I was going to say, like, of all the matches that, I mean, as much as I enjoyed the men's, I thought it went a bit long. Um, I just, up to that point, the time had flown and then I, I did find myself thinking... How many more big spots are they going to put in here? Because you could see them build into it, and then obviously the the champ a sort of fucking suicide jump off the air through the tables with Cole was fucking unbelievable. But every time I see something like that, now I think, so how the fuck are they going to top that next time? Because they do, they have to. They always feel like they have to. Um, but this is going to shock you. But my, the, the, the match I actually enjoyed the most was the Matt Riddle Finn Balor match. Garth liked the Matt Riddle match. I thought oh that was God. an excellent match. It was a very good match. It's nice you know to what? see. I thought, you know what? It was Finn Balor. He's changed his you moveset. He's, he's done everything different. I knew you were going to say that, and I love well, it. Go on, Chris. Um, very, two, two points about that match. First of all, um, foot fetishists must love Matt Riddle. <laughs> the fuck has that got to do with anything? Right, okay. <laughs> No, because I, I that's what distracted me while I was watching this match, because I watched it early in the morning because it's my um, nephew's christening that day, fucking idiot trying to get saved from a hell that doesn't exist. But um, he... You're targeting everyone today, aren't you, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm very equal opportunity. Um, the... So I was watching it, quite tired. I'm like, if you think I come out with random thoughts like during the day, you should see me when I'm really tired. And I was like, and I just thought, someone's getting off from the fact that Matt Riddle never wears shoes. And I was like, oh, God. And I almost Googled to see if it was true, but I didn't bother. Anyway, also, um, I love, like, I like how Balor's making references to Prince Devitt without it being over the top. Like, Mm -hmm. sort of how, like, the OC are so overtly bullet club that it actually fucking hurts. Whereas um, he's just making little... um, Little remarks. Yeah, he's like making little callbacks to Prince David, but also like not just being like the real rock and roller. He's he's just. This is what we wanted on the main roster, and it's just ridiculous that all it took was a brand split, a brand switch for him to become this badass again. This could save him in WWE. This oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. This NXT run. I mean, just... he's going to have a faction around him at some point, surely. Yeah. Who, who's going to be in this faction? Because it can't be any Bullet Club people, can it? Okay. Because um... NXT already have a big heel faction unless we're trying to turn Undisputed Era of Face. I think Undisputed I think the un... Era of Face, anyway. I think they're sort of just... Yeah, they're like the sort of Stone Cold Cool now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah okay. I was trying Which to think on NXT, NXT um... roster. I think if you take some younger guys, that could be really good. Take a younger giant, take a younger cruiserweight, take a younger 
um, tag team and then build it around that. So, like, um, I'd have Isaiah Scott. I think I'd that... put fucking Punisher Martinez in or whatever. That was called. mine. That was mine as the Farley <laughs> of the group. Yeah. I, I was about, I was going to say there's going to be a Farley thing. I think I'd rather have Damon. Like, I know he's not young, but also. I think just in terms of build, he makes a better um, heavy than punishment. Yeah. Do you know who I'd have as the cruiserweight, genuinely? And I know this is going to make you go, what? Who? Really? Jack Gallagher. Yeah, he's not doing no, anything, is he? No, I can see that. Um, it's just this dastardly rather, heel. I think, I think I'd rather have... Because Gallagher can sort of go com- comedy way too easily, whereas I think... Someone like Isaiah Scott is just—it's sort of like the Sammy Guevara type thing, where he's just a cocky little bastard. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, Angel Gaza, actually, they're both great. Um, the tag team—who do you have as a tag team? I can't think. Who's the tag team is doing dick all right now? I would have said the Mighty, but obviously Mer- American Alpha. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, that's thing. I love. Ta- I love NXT's tag team that's sort of spoken for right now. Just bring the revival in. Oh. Imagine them in like a, a, a bullet club style. Oh. Oh, I'm a little bit aroused now. <laughs> That's I'm really amazing. I'm not headphones right now. <laughs> anyway, moving on from war games, we, we haven't even spoken about the big moment of the night. I mean, did anyone have that fifth member spoiled in the main event? No, nope. I managed to go the whole day. No, and it was fucking amazing. It was incredible. As soon as Kevin Owens walked out, as soon as his music hit, I was like, I got goosebumps. It was incredible. Yeah. Goosebumps and the pop, that hook, that pop was unreal. I, I must have watched it back three times. Just that moment, Kyle O'Reilly going, they haven't got anyone. They've got no one. And yeah. then, dun, 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 dun. Kyle O'Reilly's then... face. <laughs> Can we just agree that Kyle O'Reilly is low-key the best member of the industry today? 100%. 100%. He's great. He took down to the ring bar and I was so sad. Um, Have you seen the interview where Kyle O'Reilly was like tuning up the belt? (laughs) Yes. That's amazing. My my favourite Kyle O'Reilly moment, um, and there's been loads, but my favourite one is the first feud that Adam Cole had with Pete Dunne. And... Pete Dunne says, what have you done since you've been here? <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> takes his sunglasses off and goes, how dare you? And it's just incredible <laughs> just how over the top and campy he is. It's brilliant. Absolutely Mike, brilliant. Um, a moment, and you're going to say him, um, Mark, but it was in Ring of Honor. And it was Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly doing a Christmas segment. And this is when Red Dragon was still heels and they were handing each other presents. It's like, what have you got me for Christmas, Bobby? Oh, it's the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champ- um, Tag Team Championship. And then he hands over another one to Bobby Fish. He's like, what have you got me, Kyle? Oh, it's the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. <laughs> They're great. They're great. And I love Bobby Fish. And he gets no recognition at all because he's in a faction with <laughs> no. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. You know, because like, to be fair, he used to be really charismatic and then Roderick Strong came along. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> true. Um, Survivor Series then, the following night. Um, there was some highs and there was some lows. Um, Garth, did you watch any of Survivor Series? I don't think you did, did you? Nope. That's no fair chance. enough. Fair enough. Then you can just weigh in with your opinions. Um, mm-hmm. Chris, you watched the women's match and Colin Dunn, is that right? 
Yeah, and I also watched the highlights of the rest. Yeah, um, for me, I watched I watched all of it uh, for my sins. Like a mark. Yeah, like a proper mark. Um, the women's match was probably the worst match. Um, oh, uh, or both I, I women's matches actually. Like on the day, I had the deadline on Thursday, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna take. And and I was busy all weekend, either with the work or with my nephew's stupid fucking christening. And by the way, the church was called the Immaculate Conception. So when it said on the big screen, welcome to the Immaculate Conception, I thought, what the fuck is going on here? But anyway, <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself half a Monday off and I'm going to do something just for me. And then I looked at my phone and Rob was like, Survivor Series is really good. I'm like, well, who am I to d- distrust Rob? And then that first fucking match. I've yeah, not been fun. Should have mentioned that. Fun. I would have rather shut in my hand and clapped than watch that match. If, Jesus Christ. If that match um, could be summed up by one spot, there was a moment where every woman of every team got in and did a spot. And everyone seemed to do okay. It's a WWE win, wasn't it? Yeah. And even Dana Brooke managed to do okay. And then Sarah Logan did a tilt a will backbreaker. And it was the sloppiest piece of shit I've ever seen it was dreadful and the match never really recovered it made no booking sense because you just had Io Shirai and um Candice LeRae go through this hellacious war games match then Tim and Tony Storm are the best workers on the fucking thing and you leave them with fucking Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair and they got taken out with an injury for what 15 minutes of the match after they'd been speared by Charlotte yeah, and sort of like fuck off. It was and it like, was nonsense. I, I understand. I understand. I somewhat understand you wanted like a screw finish for NXT or something because like the way this night was booked, it was like just NXT heels, and it's sort of like, well, that really shows how what fucking Vince is. But um, I don't know. Like I don't think anyone properly got. There's too many bodies in this match and too many really bad ones, or like really boring ones. But Natalia is hella capable, but also like. So boring. It's like hearing Garth talk about movies. And. Uh... Oh, Garth Burn. <laughs> um, that was such a serial have, like... killer laugh. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, God. I'm getting, I'm getting, I need my lift to Blackpool. I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> so, and then you have the SmackDown team, which, what? Fucking Lacey Evans. Um, Dana, Dana Brooke. Gr- Carmella. Wow. Carmella. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you, if, if, like, honestly. Yeah. I cannot think of a worse free show. Was this a pre-show? No. No, 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 no. no they no, moved the Undisputed Era versus War Machine versus um, The New Day to the fucking pre-show. For this shit? For that shit, yes, correct. Yeah. Um, fucking, and, like, I'm not being funny. If you have a match, uh, uh, if you're trying to showcase, like, those five women, none of them had, like, a big spot, apart from Rhea Ripley fighting back. That's literally, and... Candice and Eo being taken out for no reason. No like reason. there's so much there's so much you could have done. Like even like Eo facing off against As Asuka, that's such a dream match. And they barely and they barely fucking mentioned it. And like the commentary, I know they changed commentary a tiny bit throughout the night because I know Corey Graves turned up, like that fucking helps anything. But um it, they somehow got the worst member of each commentary team. At one point <laughs> so, we were left with Michael Cole, cool. Beth Phoenix, yeah. and, and Jeff- Lawler. And Jerry Lawler, yeah. And oh. I was watching this going, and Jerry Lawler very clearly did not 
clearly did not know who any of these people who weren't on his brand were. He's got no idea who NXT were. No idea. You know, my dad would have done better, and he fucking hates wrestling. Um, so that was ridiculously slow and boring and not worth watching. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire card because we've all got things to do and places to be. Um, bed more specifically. Um, but <laughs> Garth, um. The match between Styles, Roddy Strong, and Shinsuke, I texted you, Chris, and said that that's the best I've seen Shinsuke Nakamura in years. I saw the end, uh, and to be fair, the entrance is really good, but that's not because Sami Zayn was fucking moshing in the background. Sami Zayn moshing to Shinsuke's theme is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> like, the, the crowd was clearly a crowd that hadn't watched the main roster in quite a while because they didn't realise that Shinsuke's theme changed a year ago. Um... But yeah, really, really, really good match. Shinsuke was vicious. What do you think of the United title now, currently while we're on the, on this? I like it. I've got no oh, issue yeah. with it at all. I have, all right. I have, a, I have a weird. I've like there's two parts of me where like one, it is an objectively very nice looking championship. It's very Japanese looking. It looks like an IWGP knockoff. It looks a lot like um, the NXT ones, like the UK UK Actually, it's a bit like the cruiserweight title. It's like a more grandiose cruiserweight title. But um, yeah. also, as part of my brain, where it's like the Intercontinental Championship always had a look. Like even like there's been two different designs, and they both were sort of similar. So I'm sort of like so just like the deviation is a bit to get accustomed to. But at the end of the day, it's a decent design for a product that I don't really watch. So I couldn't be angry all that long. Yeah, fair enough. Um... Other matches, Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne was decent. Very, very what good match. match. I think I think you giving it a nine might be a bit high, but then again, I didn't give it a nine. I, I had I thought you gave it a nine. No, did you give it? I will load up the official Podmania ratings. Give me one second. What? WWE, and you can check these out for yourself, ladies and gentlemen, at uh, Podmania.co.uk. Yes, um, you're giving it of how to do it, of how long it takes. So. We gave the triple threat eight, and we gave Pete Dunne and Adam Cole eight. Okay, because eight's about what I'd give it. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I'm kind of annoyed they, they spunked this on a um, with no build. Because with build, this match oofed. Obviously, if this same match had build, it would be a it would be a higher rated. Hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Sorry, I'm just trying to work out the fifth member of... Uh, oh, Nikki Cross was the fifth member of the SmackDown women's team and she got eliminated first. She was get, She used to be <laughs> so good. What the fuck happened to her? She's still good and she was the most over person in the match and she got eliminated first. Probably stop giving a, probably stop giving a fuck. Yeah, probably. Um, fucking, like, oh, I'm fucking rad, me. Like, fucking, all right. Thanks for fucking perpetuating the Glasgow stereotype because it looks like you're on some sort of some of fucking drug. Sorry, right, wait till I tell him this, and then he's gonna go absolutely fucking mental. Um, Universal Championship match, fun little nugget, seven stars. We then got to the men's match. What? I'm saying gonna flip. What happened to Drew McIntyre? Hang on, nothing happened to Drew. Nothing happened to Drew. Really, really good match. Um, eight stars. Reigns was the sole survivor, but everyone was fine with that because people apparently like Roman now, um, because I mean, he's not fucking Seth. Um, 
Really? Because he didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> Remember last year where Seth was like the highlight of Raw or whatever because he was doing long matches. The thing is, he's like not a natural company man. Like Roman, you buy him as a company man. I don't buy Seth as a company man. Apparently like, Roman is like the nicest man in the world. Seth just is a Twitter twat. I know. He's like, got no Twitter game at all. At least with Will Ospreay, he's a bit shit posty. Like he refers to himself as sex pig or whatever. And like post pictures with Arisa Hashiki to annoy off B Priestley. But um fucking Seth, like I don't know, I would much I'd I, you know I'd rather add my dad on Snapchat than I would go through Seth Rollins Twitter. Right. Wait. <laughs> okay. So T SmackDown won after Keith Lee was just an absolute fucking badass. He was brilliant. Roman shook uh, Give him the fist bump afterwards. Really, really good. Apparently, Vince is very high on Keith Lee, which means that Keith Lee will be relegated to jobber status within the year. Um, Team SmackDown. I'm just going to read out the competitors for you. Um, and then I'll ask you both if you can tell me who got eliminated first in this match. So, Team SmackDown. We had Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, and Shorty G. Let's not forget he's called Shorty G and dressed in basketball attire. Um, we then had Team NXT, Tomasa Champa, Keith Lee, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, and Walter. And Team Raw, which was Seth Rollins, Ricochet, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. God, let's we'll start with you. Hang on. If this is Walter, I'm going to be very upset. Garth, hmm? who do you think got eliminated first in this entire match? Um... Walter. Okay. Chris, <laughs> who do you think got eliminated first in this match? I, I will throw this bottle against the wall if it's Walter. <laughs> After receiving an enormous pop and having a chop exchange with Drew McIntyre, uh, Walter was quickly dispatched with a single Claymore <laughs> kick, pinned, and was the first to be eliminated. Um, this is a match, don't forget, that included fucking Baron Corbin and Shorty G but nevertheless Walter was the first to be eliminated it made me very very happy to think about how annoyed Chris would be at this <sighs> opinion Chris okay so my last breakup didn't hit me this hard um... <laughs> to be fair she was a bitch but ah. this was Vince <laughs> this is a mass why the fuck why um, Walter one of the best in the world right now correct yes like such a unique role he's managed to it for himself in sort of the 70s four in a heel like he isn't as much a character as he is an ongoing threat not in this he was eliminated first not, no not on the fucking main roster apparently Fuck this whole UK division which we've set up and sort of crippled the fucking British wrestling scene for. Fuck it. We'll have their fucking champion just job that. Who pinned him again? In fairness, it was Drew McIntyre. That doesn't make me any happier for some reason. It speaks very highly that my national pride has been overtaken by the fucking... Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck this. Life isn't worth living. <laughs> I've literally not been so angry um, about a booking decision all year. I really, really, really don't want to tell him that it was actually Baron Corbin that pinned him. 
<laughs> yeah. Rob, don't fuck with me here. I'll go to cage match. Was this actually Baron Corbin but pendant? Yeah. Ah. No, it I wasn't. Just... It wasn't. It was Drew. It was Drew. It's fine. It was after a claim. Okay. I've literally never been. I don't know why I'm this angry, but it just. Ah, see, I'm I'm so irrationally angry right now. <laughs> it's it's just like how racists feel all the time. It's just touch him, Cornelius. When he sees the fiftieth fucking uh, tour beer. <laughs> fucking <laughs> no, let's because. NXT UK has in many ways crippled the British wrestling scene. Oh, yeah, not in many ways, it just has. Yeah, like it's tough youth movement movements in every um, place. I mean, some places can make that work, some places can't. Like, business is down across a lot of the board. People aren't drawing half as well as they used to. But you know, it's fine. We're just going to take like the May our face, the face of that brand, and, you know. He's first eliminated in a match with fucking Shorty G. And, like, I'm not being funny. It, it is the equivalent of... I'm so angry, but I'm struggling to come up with a good analogy because I'm so fucking angry. It's the equivalent of complaining that you don't have a shiny new toy and then stealing someone else's and fucking it. That is what's just happened. Why are you fucking someone's toy? That's a really weird thing to say. Is it? Fucking is it? <laughs> has, has the last fucking half a year of hosting this podcast with me not clued you in that I do go to his lot of natural That's not the biggest problem we're facing right now. Walter was the first fucking eliminated in rather quick fashion, apparently. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he offered, he offered little to no threat at all. <laughs> I don't understand this. It was a really good match, though. Like eight stars, genuinely really good. I'd, I'd encourage anyone to check you, it out. You would have made it better if Corbin was eliminated before fucking Walter. Uh, Corbin was the second to last person eliminated from Team SmackDown. Just, just gonna quickly oh, leave that was... nugget in there. Because he's oh, the king. Oh, genuinely. He's embraced that role superbly. He was great. Tagging himself Good in, for- stealing pins. It was brilliant. It was great. I know that uh I know that Walter got eliminated fairly sharply, but it it was fun. It was fun. You got the little bit of <laughs> indecisiveness whether Kevin Owens was gonna support Team uh, Team Raw or Team NXT and then Tommaso Ciampa eliminated him before anything could be done about it and then patted himself <laughs> on the back. It was brilliant. You got Keith Lee coming across like an absolute fucking dinosaur. It was amazing. Um, Seth fucking off, which was also absolutely amazing. Uh, Randy Orton getting eliminated by... Oh, I can't remember who eliminated him. Wasn't Priest. Was it Riddle? No. It was a fucking Walter. No, it wasn't Walter. No, because he'd been eliminated fairly sharply. Um, it was someone from Team NXT, and then Randy Orton just turned around and RKO'd them anyway because he pissed him off. Um, so, yeah, it, it, all in all, a really, really good match. Uh, Team SmackDown came out on top, gave it eight stars. It was great. Um, <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio, seven stars. There was loads of really interesting stuff with Rey and his son. Um, there was genuine moments where we thought Rey was going to take it. Genuine moments, not moments where we were like, eh, it's going to be Brock. 
but then Brock wins. Um, it still baffles me how strong he is, because I know Rey Mysterio is a tiny dot of a lad, but Rey Mysterio came off the top rope for a splash, and Brock caught him flawlessly on his shoulders and seamlessly hit an F5. And I know that's not the most astounding thing that happened over these two nights, but it still baffles me how strong... This is a man, don't forget, who picked up a referee who was on the floor by his trousers, picked him up and threw him into the ring one-armed. It just, it just <laughs> baffles me how strong he is. Anyway, so that got seven stars as well. We then moved on to the main event, which was the women's triple threat, Shayna Baszler defeating Bailey and Becky Lynch. This was so dull. Really? I honestly, I cannot even begin to describe to you anything that happened. There was no big spots. There was no... It. They seemed to be having two separate singles matches in in one match. It, it was bizarre. Like, Bailey was the main focus of this match. You had a match where you had Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch, and it was centred around Bailey and it just it never got going. It was so dull. And I just I couldn't get my head around I mean this went nearly twenty minutes. This went eighteen minutes and ten seconds. And eventually Shayna won. And it just It was so dull. <laughs> it was so boring. And it, I hate to have, you know, going back to what we said at War Games, you know, oh, it's it's the Shayna match. This wasn't on Shayna. It was more worked more of it at a Shayna pace, but this wasn't on Shayna. This was, it was a plodding match. This was a Randy Orton if he didn't give a shit match. No, it's a Randy Orton match. <laughs> so it's a Randy Orton match, yeah. It was, yeah, just, yeah, very, very dull. Overall, Survivor Series was probably WWE's show of the year. That's not hard. It's not, but give them credit where credit is due. You know, because they have not done a lot right this year, let's be perfectly honest. Um, this was a decent show. This was a it's, decent show. It's like saying it's WWE's best show, it's like saying you have the shiniest turd, a dusty turd um, competition. Are they popular where you live? I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie. There's not like the biggest one of the biggest events of the year in our town is stock is a rock stacking competition. So fucking, we just got a bear, and that's the big thing over here. And it's just a fucking bear, really. It's just a big metal bear, but apparently it's a big thing for Dunbar now. We like bears now, so it was never a thing before, but now we do. Sorry, did you <laughs> was was the bear a prize for this rock stacking competition, or you know what the kelpies is? Yes, of course I do. Right. Okay. So, like, the, the guy who made the kelpies made us a bear. Yeah. And Chris, being one hundred percent sarcastic, got no idea what you're on about. Oh, the kelpies are two big horse heads um, somewhere in the middle of Scotland, but um, there's like a big tourist attraction. They're very pretty, but I'll also, so. I'll have you. Nice one. Um, fucking. But no, we have a bear now, and it's all like kill. We have a bear. It's, a, it's just a bear. Wow. Goth, don't know about you, mate, but I've completely lost how we got to that point in the conversation. <laughs> Genuinely, completely forgot. Another one of those, one of those swinging tangents. Just honestly, unbelievable. I'm more prone right now because I'm still really angry about what happened to Walter. What happened to Walter, mate? I'll, I'll fucking walk to Stoke and chop your cock off, Rob. <laughs> That's aggressive. 
and unnecessary. I thought you said you were progressive, Chris. No, I said I'm aggressive. <laughs> so we we have actually got a lot more topics on this list, but I'm feeling we should probably shunt some of these to the next podcast. So we will shunt some of those to the next podcast. But I want to have a word with you about AEW. Now, I know you two had a podcast not so long ago where you you know, basically shot the shit. I imagine it went something like this, talking about bears and shit. But I wasn't, I, I wasn't quite as angry. Weird that. Um, but AEW, we're now nine episodes in. We just come off the back of Dynamite episode nine um, from the Sears Center in Chicago, and off the back of yeah, another Jericho uh, title defense. And I just wanted to get your general opinions and feelings regarding AEW because I said I would give it time before I made a judgment. I wanted to see how they did. I wanted to see how they built after a pay-per-view as well um, because if rumours are to be believed, there are only going to be four AEW pay-per-views a year. They are not going to be monthly and apparently Double or Nothing, All Out and Full Gear are going to be three pay-per-views yearly. So what that next one is going to be, who knows? There are rumours that uh, Cody has trademarked Bunkhouse Stampede. Yeah. Um, there's also been rumours that he's uh, trademarked something. Is it Blood and Glory or Guts and Glory or something like that? I believe it's Blood and Glory. So Guts and Glory a bit shit. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a really, really shit Splinter Cell or Call of Duty it's game. The, it sounds like a really fucked up sex position. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, I, I suppose. Do you want to? Do you want to break out the guts and glory tonight? Um, no, Chris. I mean fine. fine, but we don't have a monkey. But we do have a now. We do have a bear and some kelpies. Um, no, I was I was trying to make a segue to the butcher and the blade. Oh well, I'll get to you in a minute. Garth, opinions on AEW so far, not just the show, in general. Um. um impressive i've enjoyed all the shows i've seen so far pay-per-views i've enjoyed that last one was really really good um i think there's still i do think they need another title because they've got a lot of good talent who are just sort of the only really showing up on their pay-per-views or on the dark show um but chris jericho's propelled it to the top wherever it is now it's because Mostly Chris Jericho because he's fucking unbelievable. Um, on the mic, he's the best in the business at the minute, bar none. Um, some of the matches on the the weekly shows do go a little bit long, I think, and they do the kind of sort of get in the rinse and repeat kind of thing. I mean, that the pack pack versus Hangman, I don't need to see that anymore. I've seen it about ten times. Um, but overall, I think it's really good. I think Samuel Guevara's coming from almost an unknown to being pretty big now, big player in that sort of division anyway. Um, LAX have come through and gotten themselves across his heels, proud and powerful, whatever you want to call them. Um, and they haven't had to rely too much on older or star, like proper star power. Like Kenny Omega's lost every match, I think. I think um, the, the young books do their thing. They're good, um, but no, I'd be more interested in things like um, like the stuff like Darby Allen and SCU, especially how they've 
sort of broke out Scorpio Sky recently. Um, but have both of you seen the episode from this last week? Yes. That opening um, segment was fucking gold. It oh. was up there with like Festival of Friendship style stuff. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Even with Virgil at the start, who bumbled yeah. over all his lines, still amazing. Still great. How's Virgil, how's Virgil made two appearances? I think well, it's obviously like a link between Dusty and. Um, but what's the whole thing with Virgil? Because Virgil's Dusty's proper name. Um, so that's why it was called Virgil. And then um, when he went to WCW to rip back, he called him Vincent. So. <laughs> I just. I think they're the doing the right things. So I think on the negative, I would say the women's division's not been as good as I thought it was going to be. With the women's division, it's weird because they have a lot of great women, like especially like Jamie Hayter. She's she's amazing. Be briefly, a lot of the jealousies. They're focusing on the wrong people. Like there's it's, a lot. Of it's the Freddie Mercury people. one who doesn't need to be on the TV every week. Emmy Sakura. Yeah, but also she's both someone who can very easily take a pin. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, but I don't like. Know. Why the fuck is Britt Baker getting the push? It's not, that's the thing, and it's not, well, she hasn't even, I don't even think she's been on telly for the last couple of weeks either, and it's just, I think, they're definitely pushing the wrong people, but they're also, the the matches that they use in their exhibition, their division, just aren't, they're really not up to scratch, I don't think, they're not being great. And I can understand why people do, it's getting to the point where, like, well, on some of the things I've read, they're like, this is the piss break again, it's becoming that, and it's like, nah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that. Yeah. It's, I'm, but overall, I'm enjoying it, and I'm still watching those matches, hoping that we'll get good stuff. And they are the odd good pieces, but they're the sort of they are the sort of when it, the drag. But I like I, overall. It's really good. I'm really being impressed with it. Chris, AEW is enjoyable. Um... There's definite issues, for example, um, I think the decision to not, to like permanently ban Cody from going for the title again is a bad one, because what the fuck is he going to do for the next 10 years? <laughs> like, I'm not being funny. Like, I understand the thing of, I am a president, so I don't want to be um, abuse my power, so I won't put the belt on me. That's as far as you need to go, just saying to yourself, I'm not going to abuse my power. I will not put the belt on me unless the storyline demands it. That's fine. Don't put it in fucking writing, because fuck off. This is, this is where I think they will introduce another title. Yeah, and Cody can handle that, and that's all fine, yeah. but also like, there might be a time in AEW's future where like, every promotion finds this, where he, Cody needs to be the champion. Like Every yeah. promotion finds itself in the situation where with something like this, where Someone who's either in power or is best mates with the boss or whatever needs to be the champion. And like in that situation, right? Because we all know that Cody's not a selfish man. Sophie's Cody. Cody is very giving um, to younger talents and stuff like that. So like putting it in writing, but you can like even feuding with MGS is like a big thing. So I don't know. I I think that's a bit stupid. Also, four pay per views a year. Well, I advocate for having less big shows. I think that's a bit too small. Hmm. I honestly think um, something more like six or seven is much like one every two months as opposed to one every four. Yeah. I think it's a lot better. Um, 
especially since um, we're already starting to get sort of like aimless TV feeds. Uh, that's what I was. Uh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's definitely something that Jericho and Scorpio Sky and um, the Butcher and the Blade coming in. And don't get me wrong, I fucking love the Butcher and the Blade. Have you two seen the Butcher and the Blade? Never seen them when they came on. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Who are these? Have you seen them, Rob? I knew of them, but I only knew of them because the lead singer is the lead. Si- the sorry, the butcher is the lead singer of. Is it every time I die? Yeah. Is it- yeah. Well, cause, yeah, it is because um, I only know they've shown up on Progress a couple of times when we've been in Canada, and they've been brought up. And I, because I, I, I don't know every time I die very well, but I've heard of them. I think I've seen them once, but I was very drunk. Anyway, um, like someone dragged me along, but anyway. Dude comes out, I was like, that dude looks familiar, but I don't know if I've seen him. I've probably just seen him at a random indie set. And then um, Glenn Joseph's like, oh, he's just single every time I die. It's like, okay, okay. That's, that's why I vaguely know his face, but can't put it to a face. Because I was very... Anyway, um, they're great. You'd love them. Like, um, the Butcher's like a proper Stan Hansen bruiser type. <laughs> so, like, that's got Rob a bit hard. <laughs> you know how much I love that. Yeah, like fucking have, have be fair, I think Garth would love Stan Hansen if he actually tried him out. Um, I've seen Stan Hansen stuff. Oh, of course you have. <laughs> you saw him back in the um, sportatorium back in the day. But... Went to school with him. <laughs> he was his teacher. Yeah, he was a dick. <laughs> um, but on the other one, division, what the, the Joshi, I thought the Joshis were initially a really good idea because it's like. Joshi wrestling is a style. Shock. And what the fuck was that? <laughs> right. <laughs> and let me explain myself. I'm not saying it should be a main focus, but what I'm saying is Joshi wrestling is a style and it's something a bit different. So it would be someone like the Cruiserweights in um, WCW. Or, well, that's probably the best example of the Cruiserweights in WCW. Or the, right, the X Division, where you have this little division put on style. And like, Joshi style would be perfect for like an opener. And we've sort of fucked it with how we put the women's division because like again they put the emphasis on completely wrong the completely wrong people and it's just a shame i will say also we do go too all out on tv with matches like um hangman does his um moon soap to be outside every Fucking single time hell, yeah. and like it's all like that should definitely be something you pull out like again it's a very old school thing but like it holds true save a lot of your big shit for pay-per-view Every match has a fucking outside dive. Every single one. But that's, that's, it's not just that. Like, the, like, a suicide dive, I'm fine with. The fucking moons, that should be a big thing. And, but that's just, a, that's just one example. You know what it's like? It's like when Petey Williams would pull out um, Canadian Destroyer four times a month, and the fifth time he wouldn't pull it out would be on pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, I, well, that's it. It's like, you tease it, but don't always do it. And I think that's why people kind of get down a lot of AW pay-per-view matches because all this shit um, that should be a big deal has already just like just happened on um, Dynamite that week. Mm-hmm. And like, don't get me wrong, this is starting to affect a lot of places. Like, NXT is the same. Like, every NXT now is like a mini takeover. Where it's like, it's great week to week, but sort of dilutes takeovers. It's a, and like, this isn't sort of a booking problem. It's more just an inherent problem with them not... Like the agents not telling people, hey, maybe don't do fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, when you look at like the um, full gear, like the two main events, um, one was um, 
was a match between Jericho and Cody. So, like, that was never going to be, like, reliant on, like, big moves. I was always going to be reliant on, like, emotion because that's how Jericho and Cody wrestle. And then you had Moxley and Kenny Omega who tried to murder each other. So, like, yeah, like, you could definitely get, like, for example, Hangman versus Pac, I think we gave that a seven. Like, honestly, if they didn't do all these big moves every week on Dynamite, that could be an eight or a nine. Yeah, definitely. But it's fact that, like, they do these moves so often, and I, I, that's sort of my main criticism, really. There's too much with AEW. And like, don't be wrong, I enjoy it. I don't agree with these fucking WWE fanboys on Twitter keep on, go- keep on talking about how, like, pick finding stupid shit. Like, every criticism we put forward so far has been perfectly valid criticism. There's people, things they put forward are so stupid, and I don't know. I don't know. Although, I'm really glad the Young Bucks aren't properly pushing themselves. I'm really happy about that. Okay. So... I, I hear everything you say. I think people saying that the AEW women's division is weak is are wrong. It's it's not weak. It's not been booked well at all. And that I agree with. I don't think it's been booked well at all. And yes, I agree with you, Chris. Too much focus has been put on Britt Baker, who, yes, it's all very well saying, oh, she's only had seven years wrestling experience. Or it's took a, is she, has she had four years wrestling experience or whatever. Anyway, the amount of time that she's been... I'm not being funny, the 14-year-olds in stardom are better than us. I just feel she should have gotten slightly better than she is, and I I just I don't think she is good enough. I'm not saying don't push her. I'm saying give her time on Dark, on the undercard, to build herself up because she's not the person to lead your women's division forward. Now, other issues I have, I mean, you say you said... Chris, pointless TV feuds. The problem that you have is if you are only if you are getting the four pay per view a year route, then you are going to have to have TV feuds to stem the tide. And it's better to have feuds against you know that mid carder that you're trying to get over, like Scorpio Sky, than putting him against Moxley or someone you know like Omega or Pac. You know, you want to save those big matches for your pay-per-view. So rather than, you know, I don't think they're pointless TV feuds. I think they're good ideas because you've got to have feuds to get through the TV if you've got nine weeks of dynamite before you get to the next pay-per-view. You can't just have the champion not be there for four weeks and then build towards the pay-per-view. I guess, but when I still said point, I was more pointing towards Cody and Butcher and Blade thing, because, like, Cody and MGF should not be off of each other right now. Like, I understand you have a lot of builds, um, and you don't want that every week, but also, like, you can do that by just having, like, you can just feature them on TV and have them be, like, skate, skirting around each other, like, have, having a full-out feud now with Cody and Butcher and Blade and the Bunny, for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> I love that. I think that's great. <laughs> yep. Didn't see a coming either. I uh, I don't know. I I don't have an issue with it because I I agree with you, Garth. There's got to be at some point in the near future there has got to be a new championship because if you look at the people who've got nothing going on at the moment, I mean you've got Omega and Pack who've mm-hmm. just had their rubber match and Omega's won. I think that was the wrong decision, I think, to have the storyline where Omega can't get a win. I think that's a better storyline than have him 
get his win back on a pay-per-view. Surely that's a better story, yeah. but that's a personal gripe of mine. So you've got Pac, Omega, Hangman, uh, MJF, Cody. You've got um, all these stars who haven't, you know, Sammy Guevara, who don't have any, not anything to wrestle for, but there's no focus. And you've got, that's where the repetitive nature of these matches are coming from. I mean, on Dark, the the opening match of Dark last week was Trent versus Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Now that is a that is a dynamite level match, surely. Um mm-hmm. I think they do need to focus more on women's booking. I think they they're finding a lot of things out as well. Because it's all very well saying you've got to save your big matches for pay per views. I mean look at New Japan. They don't have the weekly show that, you know, they just build their feuds up on a couple of Road 2 shows, you've got your pay-per-view. Whereas on Dynamite, and, you know, it's what we find with Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis, you've got to build your TV as well. And there's got to be stuff that keeps people coming back to TV. And rather than just having, you know, a great Double or Nothing or a great All Out or a great Full Gear, you've got to have TV that A, makes sense... B that isn't repetitive, and that's what they're trying to find at the moment. And I think the mid card, especially, they're struggling to find meaning without that title. Because, you know, things like Pack versus Hangman, it's a great matchup. But ultimately, you've got to have a focus for it. Otherwise, you're just doing matches for matches' sake, and that's not what AEW was about. <clears throat> The final thing was um, the move set that you mentioned, Chris and Garth, about how you've got Hangman doing his moonsault every minute. I agree with that. If you can, you don't want it all the time. But if it's part of his move set, you know that's similar to saying you see Seth's suicide dive every week. You do. <clears throat> yeah, but like Hangman already has like dives and shit, and like, and you know, it's like it's like when. Um, Cian Almas would pull out the moonsault someone moves away and he doesn't have a moonsault he'd only do that in like big matches or like he wouldn't pull it out every week like if some, I understand this in your moveset but I also don't have it happen every week you don't have like um, you didn't have Kendrick Bashi hitting a burning hammer all the time but you know that was in his moveset yeah I, I know what you mean you know you look no, at this week hit. Omega against Pac, Omega didn't it the uh, one-winged angel. He won with a roll-up. Exactly, and that's like... And the one-winged angel is much more integral to Omega's moveset than it is to Hangman. I just don't think... Like, it's literally... It's just sort of one example. It's actually the main example, because every time I see it, I'm like, this would be so much cooler. It it was like... I you never... And I understand it's a very old-school way of thinking, but also it's an old-school way of thinking that I think work because again like look at angle he'd never pull out a moonsault so when he did pull out a moonsault it was a big deal yeah i mean again i just want to stress that we all all three of us really enjoy AEW, and oh really probably my weekly tv show of the year so yeah i watch it weekly i know garth watches it more or less weekly um and chris i know you watch most of it weekly i don't know if you manage to catch all of it every week but you you try to i I try, well, recently I haven't even had time to fucking stardom, so... I know. Oh, God, stardom. <clears throat> um, and by the way, hey, well yeah. done for lasting an hour and 21 minutes into the podcast before you started spaffing over how good Joshi was. Um, 
Raph, I said it's a good, it's a style. I'm not saying like it's for everyone, but like, it's a good thing to have on there. They sort of just ruined their chance to have it be like the cruiserweights in WCW. Oh, Joshi. Um, Fucking, that's not what I'm like. You're, to, you're putting words in my mouth. Quick question then, just to end this segment. All three of us have agreed that the tag that the women's division isn't booked correctly. Yeah, we've all agreed that Britt Baker definitely not the face of the women's division. Who should that woman be? Go oh, on. I have a pick. Oh. Go on, then. No, Chris, if you've got, I know you. I knew you were going to say that, Garth. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. What did he say? He said, "Awesome Kong." Uh, of course you'd say it. I think Austin, right, with Austin Kong, I think, don't think she should be a face. I think she she should be a looming threat. Yeah, I, I'm just I, Like, <laughs> Have you ever seen, for example, have you ever seen the OTT um, video packages with David Starr, Jordan Devlin, and Walter? Of course we nope. fucking haven't. Like, it's not, it's not that. <laughs> we have a lot. Of, this is a fairly big thing. But anyway, um, this, Hang on, is so, this is this the same Walter that got eliminated first in the Survivor Series match? I, I'm gonna find a way to get back at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like in those video packages, um, they focus on um, Dot Devlin and David Starr, but then have Walter as sort of like this storm that could come in at any moment and fucking wreck you. I think that's what Austin Kong should be. She shouldn't be like a face. Uh, face of a division, she should be at any given time. She could swoop down and fucking destroy everything. Yeah. She's like a military, like fucking what Sting was to the NWO, basically. And I think that's what she should be for the women's division. I think you should, you have four people you should focus on. We right now, because she's the champion, I know she's not to everyone's taste. She's not that much to my taste. She's on the side of Joshi. I'm not ha- massive with, with how young she looks. So, like, look, she looks. I don't know. Like you two think I'm young, but Jesus Christ. Um, Jamie Hayer, because she's great. She she can do, do decent mic work. She has a good look, and just there's nothing all that much wrong with her. Sheeda, because again, Sheeda, fucking great. And B Priestley, because B Priestley's like the total package in a lot of ways. And like she she pulled a six out of ten out of Britt Baker, and quite frankly. That's a fucking feat. It's like it's like dragging fucking me or Rob to a um, sixer. <laughs> the issue that I've got with that then is you've got one face. Aside yeah, from Rio, who's the champion, you've got. I think you could prob- possibly do be a priestly face. And I think B could be face. I think Hater could be face if she changed her look to the tiny bit. Like Hater could be like a page. I don't see either of them as as baby faces. I think they work too well as natural as natural, especially B. You know, her entire thing is that she's a dick. She's half yeah, woman, no, half no. monster. And Jamie Hater, I mean, her entire gimmick was shut the fuck up to the crowd. So I, I just yeah. feel like they are more natural heels and I feel but, like they'd be more comfortable working heels. Like the other big um, baby face in um, Kylie Ray is gone. I can't think of a better baby face they have right now. <sighs> yeah. Well, we're, we're not going to solve that on a podcast in one night, are we? It was just it was just a question that, you know, we've said they're focusing on the wrong person rather than being negative about it. Who should they focus on? 
We'll have a think. We'll reconvene. Anyway, mm. I think we'll leave the remaining topics for next week. Um, so we'll have a look <laughs> next week. List. <laughs> there, it is an extensive list. We'll leave next. So next week we'll have a look in more detail at the absolute shit show that is Ring of Honor, and we'll talk about NXT UK preview and things like that as we head towards course, NXT um, Blackpool Two Electric Boogaloo. Oh, <laughs> still fun, and we go and we have and we have like an extra night there. We're going to get so well, not so drunk because we do have a show to go to the next day, but it's at three pm. But still, we should go to the Pleasure Beach. Okay. In January. <laughs> it will be it will be closed, won't it? Oh no! Wait, no, that's just my code for what we do in Blackpool. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> gross. Anyway, so is January closed? What Blackpool things can we do? Um, drink, drink and be sick. Drink and sin. Okay, that's what we do. Definitely said be sick. Did not say drink and sin. <laughs> <laughs> two very very different things <laughs> anyway ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to the podcast listening to two three idiots you know talk about utter bollocks um we do appreciate it you can talk to us on twitter at podmania facebook at podmania podcasts you can subscribe to the podcast on any audio platform we are literally absolutely everywhere don't forget to check out the website www.podmania.co.uk you can find all the podcasts archived you can talk you can find the young lion podcast you can find the match ratings uh, you can find literally everything there it is very very well done if i do say so myself um also the 8th of december is the closing date for our Podmania end-of-year awards. Thank you to everyone who has already voted. We've had a really, really good response to this, so thank you very much. The Wrestler of the Year category is getting particularly close between probably the two favourites in that category, but it's going to be very, very exciting as we head towards the closing date. You can talk to me on Twitter at RealRobGoodwin. Garth, where can they find you? At Gothamania. Chris? No, go to. <laughs> Still funny. Don't change how it. How is it not old yet? By the way, I've realised I've been saying it wrong. N double O go so is some random guy in Nigeria. No, N triple O go though is me. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. Do not tweet the random guy in Nigeria. Please tweet Chris if you want to tweet anyone. I was trying to log into my Twitter and it's like wrong uh, and it's like wrong password. And I'm like, what do you mean? So I'm click on like reset password and it's just. Not me, and it's like, oh, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, a new episode of our Universe Mode will drop tomorrow at 7 p.m. GMT. It is the Go Home Smackdown before the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. Uh, the, the Young Lion podcast will be back on Wednesday at 10 p.m. GMT with myself That's and Chris. I just need to talk to you about my last deadline for unis this week, so I can't do this with either. <laughs> That's fine. I will do one on my own. It is absolutely fine. <laughs> Just rather... um, and again, we will move back to our usual regularly scheduled program with the Podmania podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania. Facebook at Podmania Podcasts and YouTube and Instagram at Real Podmania. 
And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans... 